Hey guys, welcome everybody to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey, you got my beautiful, 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 beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. My beautiful wife, Carrie. Listen, I was literally thinking, you know, I should do this. And then I'm thinking, half the time I'm like, I should act more mature. And then I was like, this is my wife. Why act mature? So, like, what's yeah. the point, right? Well, there you go. Hey, so this is a very special podcast. Mike is actually at home with his family being a lazy bum. I'm kidding. He's actually with his family right now resting. Uh, Carrie and I decided, you know, we should probably do one together. We didn't want to do it yesterday because everybody was probably out on the 4th watching fireworks. And we didn't want to take up your time. We wanted everybody to have some rest. But if you guys remember, this is some housekeeping things. If you guys saw our brand new intro, huh? Get on there. Give us a big thumbs up. Share this video. We'll give you time to share the video as I'm talking. But remember, guys, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. You guys can find out tons more information about what we're doing, uh, why we're going out there. Actually, this weekend we leave to Texas. We're doing some conferencing there. Uh, we'll be there for what a week. Uh, we got some events. Uh, True Texas Project is having us out there again, which is amazing. We love those guys. Uh, Julie McCarthy. If you guys haven't checked them out, please go to that True Texas Project Facebook page uh, and their website. They're amazing people. Um, also, 1776truth.store. Get some gratuitous merch like my wife is wearing. Look at that right there. Yeah. Socialism. Yeah, Perfect. it's of the devil. It's of the devil. So get on there. 1776truth.store. Also, we're on every single major platform on podcasting. If you've, you know, whether it's uh, Spotify, Spotify. BitChute, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Matter of fact, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a good rating. Give us a five. Give us a one. Just rate the dang thing and give us a good comment because those things boost uh, ours. But I'm telling you, last week we shared that um, on SoundCloud. We're actually being heard in Spain. We're being heard in all of these other countries, which we're going to start throwing out some fleeces out yeah, there. he said a country I had never even heard of before. Right, right. <laughs> and, speak well to my education. I think he said However, Bulgaria. Bulgaria's no, another one. I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, that's I know, but I was saying Bulgaria <laughs> to get you off the hook. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Yeah, I was trying to save you. So Bulgaria, uh, and all, I mean, what I'm saying is liberty is a message that is universal, and the messages we preach here are timeless. We're not the kind of ministry that's going to talk to you about. Did you hear what the Democrats said yesterday? I don't care because they're on the wrong footing. We're going to go back to the to the real root, and we're going to be going back to original intent. Isn't it crazy now that you say that? How fighting for liberty has simply become. What is the left doing? Exactly. Or not doing. Right. Or not doing. Or what should they be doing? That's our fight for liberty is like, what is the left doing? Well, I guess what that's what it's come down to. Them? Yeah, it's what it's I come mean, down yeah, to. Yeah, that's what I mean. What's come down to, right? And, and you know, we don't, we don't want that here. What we want is true freedom fighters. We want people, we want the Lord to inspire you how to get in the fight. What's your call? Are you supposed to be a business owner that funds these types of ministries? Praise God. We welcome that. If you guys are supposed to be praying and interceding for this ministry and other ministries out there that are doing this, praise God. We need you in the fight because guess what? We feel those prayers and we pray for you if you're our supporter or we know that you're praying for us. If you guys are called to be one of the speakers, ask me. I'll give you all the slides I have so you can go preach it. I've done this 70, 80 times now where I'm handing out slides and just sending them for free because they're not my words anyway. It's a timeless message. I'm literally repeating. Yeah words that were said 250 years ago. So this isn't anything new. That's why the message is timeless. Liberty is timeless because it comes from God. It's like the word of God. It's timeless. It still applies to today. So baby, what are we talking about? What are we talking about today, baby? We're talking about Independence Day. My brother actually posted something which kind of shocked me um, in a good way. He uh, posted on his social media something about like happy Independence Day it's actually Independence Day, not Codependence Day. and um, That was a good one. Yeah, it was a really good one. It kind of made us think we were talking about, obviously, Independence Day was yesterday. 
um, Massey spoke at our church, Revive Church in Stewart, Florida. Check and, us out, reviveusnow.com. <laughs> and it was, I mean, of course it was amazing. Um, I'm biased, but I also think Massey's message and how he delivers is amazing. But um, one of the things that we heard over and over, like this changed my life. Well, yesterday and then a different event he did. Yeah, we were there on week. Thursday yeah. and it was a lady who right. had to have been in her 70s. Yeah. And she came up and she started crying. She said, you changed my life. You changed my life. Mike was standing there goes, what? what? You know, but like, it's because we're putting the Lord back in the conversation. We're not just saying, yeah, you know, freedom, liberty, red, white, and blue. Yeah, God too. We love God. No, it's yeah. the Lord that's going to get us back on track. This is the whole reason of the gospels, the Bible, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, so you read this quote from John Adams about his take on Independence yep. Day. And I've read the quote a hundred times, but actually hearing it on Independence Day, and then <clears> we <throat> took our boys to see fireworks. But yeah, just read the work. The yeah, quote can you pull up that it, quote from John Adams, bro? That was actually the second one, but I will put it the first. It's okay. My bad. My bad. So it says this, the second day of July, 1776 would be the most memorable, memorable time in the history of America. He actually wrote this to his wife and uh, I'm going to read the whole thing because I want to go piece by piece uh, and understanding. He said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations. Listen to the word mm -hmm. succeeding. It didn't just mean those coming after those that would do something as the great anniversary festival. What are they celebrating? independence they're celebrating our declaration they're celebrating that we broke off from a king who was tyrannical yeah. yet we're celebrating we tyranny tyrannies. right now yeah. right right he said this it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to god almighty now this was one of the guys who fought for the declaration of independence who said we need to be our own sovereign power who was uh worried about what was happening in boston this guy's saying the first thing we should do is give solemn acts of devotion towards God Almighty. Mm -hmm. That was his words. One of our founders, right? He said, but also it ought to be solemnized with pomp and with parade, with shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations, which are fireworks, from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. So I was sitting out last night um, in the back of the truck and we were watching the fireworks by the, by the water. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, in communion, and I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but hear my heart here. Communion is when we take the, the, the bread and the juice or the wine or whatever you do, and we're remembering the blood and the body of Jesus. And we're remembering what he did for us as a sacrifice. Well, if you look at the fireworks, that was a remembrance of the bombs going off yeah. in war. It was a remembrance. It wasn't just a celebration. Bombs bursting in air gave proof to through the night that right. our flag was still there. Right. So that the, the whole idea is not that, wow, those fireworks are really cool. No, this is what was coming at them right, from right. the ships that were thing actually when we were when you had said that when we were watching the fireworks it literally kind of changed the atmosphere in what in my mind of watching the fireworks realizing that like this wasn't necessarily a celebration for them they were literally fighting for their lives and our freedoms not crazy and it just like it's not always it's not always fun and games, you know, what no. I mean? freedom is like what you said last yesterday. Freedom can be dangerous. It is dangerous. That's right. Well, that's why people don't like it. it's dangerous to hold and to keep. That's right. That's why people don't like it because it requires inward restraint. It actually requires personal responsibility, self-control, self-government. And, and that's something again, that when you look at the agendas passed today of 
You can be what you want to be, non-binary, binary. You can be a girl, guy, whatever. There are no rules. Do you know how demonic and dangerous that is? Mm -hmm. You're literally going against God's word and his design. You're going out of order and out of sync of what he's created. And when you do that, you, you begin to destroy the whole fabric. Right. I mean, if you think about it, nothing in life comes without rules and direction. Exactly. Nothing. nothing. Driving, cooking, riding a bike, like nothing. That's like right. Building a order. house. They all come with directions. Call, yeah, all comes with order, with bounds, with boundaries. That's right. And it's like this whole idea of you live outside the boundaries, whatever you want to do. It's like that. that's destructive. There is no other way around it. It's destruction. Yeah, yeah. We were talking yesterday too. because So I was hearing this sermon today about, and he was talking about how Adam and Eve um, and, and how they fell in the garden. And he said, it wasn't just how it happened. It was the order that was, uh, destroyed through this whole thing. So God gave Adam, then he gave Eve as a helpmate. Then he said, go and have dominion over the animals, over the livestock, over the animals in the, in the field. He said it was, and then the order got destroyed by the animal deceiving Eve. Then Eve talking into Adam's ear, Adam sinned. Cause notice the Bible says that the sin didn't come through Eve. It came through Adam. So it was Adam's fault because he, he disobeyed God. So instead of God listening or Adam listening to God to, to give the instruction to Eve to have dominion over the snake, that's when the whole thing broke. So when we destroy our order of government, when we destroy the order of the way the Constitution is set up, where Biden just said that the, there's the, no amendment is absolute. Isn't it funny, though, that the article of president gets expanded, but our liberties are being trampled? How come his are absolute, not ours? How come his amendments and his laws are absolute, but not our rights? Isn't that funny? That's what you should be standing against, right? And so yesterday we were talking about liberty in, in, its, in its full course, in its full term. We were talking about uh, uh, how America now, uh, through the 1619 Project, uh, critical race theory, that our, our country was founded on genocide. It was founded on racism. It was founded on stealing land. I mean, we, we should yeah. give reparations to people, right? But yet, if you notice through, it was the, first off, it was the clergy, the Black Robe Regiment that really stood on the behalf of our nation, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't hear a lot about that. But we went through the first great awakening in the 1730s and 40s and how that established our founders. A lot of these founders learned in yeah. the College of William right. and Mary, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, which were yeah. Christian They're colleges. Wesley, yeah. Exactly. They listened to the Wesleys and the Edwardses and yeah. these sermons that came out. And it was uh, uh, Whitfield that said the reason why uh, congregations are dead is because dead men preach to them, right? So there was these sentiments that were happening at the time. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting lit. <laughs> so she always slows me down. There was these sentiments that were happening at the time of, 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 the, of the, the, the founding. But here's what was happening throughout the whole thing. 1774, we're praying for, for God to forgive us of our sins. 1776, we're calling for national days of prayer and fasting. 1775, we're calling for that. Mm -hmm. When we signed our, or our constitution in 1789, here we are, 1790 having the second great awakening happening states were having days of prayer and fasting and they were repenting of the sins of their nation yeah if you've been delivered from your sin why is it that we keep remembering what we, what we had repented of and what we got rid of why do we keep bringing it back to our faces because if they can destroy what god created then guess who becomes the creator mm. the one doing the destroying mm -hmm. put your trust in us don't worry about it that's exactly what you're seeing right. in government well it's like you think about how they demonize and vilify our founders because they had slaves. And it's like, um, how do I say this? Even what you're talking about is they keep holding, they hold our founders to a higher standard than they even hold themselves to a hundred percent because no matter what they did, they could have, you know, they sacrificed. I actually wanted to read some of these Go ahead. talking about sacrificing. 
they sacrificed their, sacrificed their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. So these men gave up all that they had, and yet because they had one blemish, which was a horrible blemish. Terrible. We're not justifying that. However, God redeemed them because a lot of them fought, a lot of them actually fought against slavery. But I wanted to read some of these actual sacrifices that our founders made. So uh, where is that one? Robert Morris. No, not that. Philip Livingston of New York was forced from residence to residence by the British armies. His first two homes became a British barracks and a hospital, and the other two homes were burned to the ground. In addition to the properties he lost to the enemy, he sold several, several other of his properties to support the war and died suddenly in 1778 before he could rebuild. Lewis Morris of New York almost lost all of his property and wealth wow. in the war, much of within just two months of citing the Declaration of Independence. He served as a brigadier general during the war and spent nearly all his post-war days working to rebuild his property and farmlands. His fra frail wife was imprisoned by the British, and she never recovered her health. Um, John Hart of New Jersey was also pursued by the British. His property was invaded and looted. Two of his young children fled to relatives' homes nearby, and Hart himself took refuge where he could in the surrounding woods and nearby caves. He returned to his home a few months later, and a few years after that, he offered the field surrounding his property as an encampment to Washington's and his 12,000 troops. Wow. Um, here's the last one that I'm going to read. John Witherspoon of New Jersey, an active clergyman and president of the College of New Jersey, later to become Princeton, had to shut down and evacuate the school when British troops invaded the area. He spent most of the rest of his life trying to rebuild the college. Witherspoon also lost his son, James, in the Battle of Germantown. Hmm. So, that, I mean, like, if you, you can't read those and not just feel like the weight of the sacrifices that they made. And that's just four. Did I read yeah. three or four? Yeah. How come we don't talk about... But yet we're going to hold something over their head and say nothing that they say is worth anything because they did this wrong. Exactly. And, and at what point, if, if they don't, if they don't acknowledge the repentance and the sacrifice of these people, and they don't acknowledge that you've now removed the redemption of Jesus, yeah. which to me is more dangerous than, than anything. Honestly, right. that's more dangerous than saying, uh, uh, you know, that, that our, that our country is, is just narcissistic and racist and all these things, because then, um, we have no basis to stand on anymore. See, it's funny because these people that say, you know, justice, we want justice for all. What justice, what standard are they using for justice? Mm, their own. Well, what, what's, what's the difference between their justice right. and my justice? Right, exactly. So, so you see what I mean? And the problem is now we're so full of emotionalism that for some reason now your level of outrage correlates with its level of its importance. What I mean by that is the louder you scream, the more important it should be. Mm. And I'm telling you, no, that's not the way it should be. What is important to get back to America? Self-government. And what's one thing that they're trying to fight against is self-government. You can't do it yourself. You don't know how to own your own guns. You don't know how to take care of your own property. You know what? You shouldn't even own your own property. You should give it back to the black people and the Indians and all this. Do you all know that the American Indians had slaves? Yeah, let's go there for a second. Right? The, the American Indians had their own slavery system. Right. The American Indians slaughtered each other. Dude, you want to talk about taking over uh, uh, tribes? They right. did it too. Right. And I'm not justifying what America did. What I'm saying is this is what conquest happens that way. Right. Rome had 13, 13 million square miles under its command. How did they do that? Going knocking on right. doors saying, hey, can we have your property? Right. That's how that's how conquest was. Well, and the fact that, like, let's just talk about human trafficking today. No, but no media outlets, no 
uh, yeah, where's the outrage? Black Lives Matter people. Yeah, talk about yeah. Let's talk about that issue because like that is modern slavery. It totally. Like we're is. talking about what happened. I mean, however many years ago in America, again, a horrible thing. Yes, we acknowledge that. Let's talk about what's happening now. That's right. Now, That's right. slavery so, now. Slavery now. But what about these kids going to public schools? To me, you're slaved in your head. Right. Right. What was it? It was uh, Harriet Tubman that once said, hmm. I freed a thousand slaves in my lifetime. She said, I could have freed a thousand more had they known they were slaves. You know, 7,500 kids a day drop out of high school. 7,500 kids a day drop out of high school. We're not talking about that. These kids are enslaved in their minds now. Yeah. They're taught that you have to go to college to go build a career. They're taught that you have to go to second secondary school. They're taught now you have to get vaccinations. They're taught now you have to do it the way the government is saying it. Now we're fed into this lie of uh, if the Facebook says it, government says it. Now we're, right. we're how taught come, to hate America. But you weren't like that under President Trump. Whatever President Trump said, you didn't. Agree. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They're so brainwashed to follow what's They're going on. That's slavery. Right. They're literally taught to hate America and the American way of life. Absolutely. And now we're appeasing everyone. By saying, it's okay if you kill your baby because of rape and incest. Mm -hmm. It's okay because, hey, she knows she can't take care of it or he can't take care of it because of a job situation. It's okay to kill babies, right? It's okay. We're justifying murder here. Right. But when the founders repented of slavery, repented of their sins, it's not okay. Right. So we've become God. This is the problem. Americans have now become God. And I'm going to tell you something. You know what a real American is? Go to the American view of law and government. Number one, there's a God, the God of the Bible. Number two, our rights come from him. He gives us inalienable rights. Number three, the purpose of civil government is to, to protect those rights. If you don't believe that, you mm -hmm. cannot be an American. You can't because that is the tenet of being an American and a Christian mm -hmm. because God rules over all. And so he gives this thing. And what's cool is the structure of our government is God to the people. We elect leaders who represent us in the square. That's a republic. And we de democratically elect those officials to represent us, not to rule over us, to represent us. And we've gotten that um, flipped a little bit, right? And so where I'm, wh what? No. You, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, the way you smile, I'm like, what did I do wrong now? I didn't, <laughs> nice. I didn't say something. Well, no, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> it's kind of different having a podcast with you. It's like, got to be more on my A game. Like, because you always tell me to stop, slow down. You give me those looks. See, the camera can't pick that up, but I'm seeing your look right now. <laughs> She's like, quit talking about me, man. Shut up. I'm sorry. Anyways, let's continue. So one of the things. <laughs> Richard's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's awkward. Awkward. I'm sweating right now. And I didn't do my hair. Anyway, so we're going to talk about independence. But you know what I want to talk about is how it wasn't just the founders that stood in the gap. It was the pastors. Mm -hmm. It was the clergymen yeah. of the day. Right. That's what we talked about even before we started is when we talk about independence, we, I mean, a lot of people do talk about the foundation and the actual, look at some of those comments. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the actual independence and freedom and we talk about the foundation, the revolutionary war and what independence means, but we rarely ever talk about who it was that was fighting who, I mean, that's why we read some of those founders, their stories, but we rarely ever talk about who it was that was sacrificing for our independence. Yep. And a lot of people don't know that it was like it was a clergyman. It, it totally was, was the pastors invigorating the people to fight for freedom. You know, I, I look at I look at some of these comments and they're, they're they're pretty awesome. Just curious if folks don't like America, why is it we've been founded the way it's been founded? Then why stay here? Well, <clears throat> on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Anyways, I'm because I'm I'm doing the responsible thing of 
looking at the screen. You're such a hero. I am. (laughs) I fight for independence and watch Facebook. (laughs) Anyways, so back to that. Can you go to that uh, Gazette quote? It's got those blue words. You know what I'm talking about? Um, So this was one of the, uh, this is the the Gazette of the United States in Washington, D.C., May 9, 1789. This was written. It said, our truly patriotic clergy boldly and zealously stepped forth and bravely stood our distinguished sentinels to watch and warn us against approaching danger. They wisely saw that our religious and civil liberties were inseparably connected and therefore warmly excited and animated the people resolutely to oppose and repel every hostile invader. May the virtue, zeal, and patriotism of our clergy be ever particularly remembered. Mm. I mean, that, that right there, man, that right there should tell you everything that it was the pastors that stood up. Yeah. It was the pastors that had to do something. It was the pastors. And guys, I'm telling you, we had three, around 3 million people. Uh, I've, I've looked at a couple stats. Some said two and a half million people at the time when we mm-hmm. fought for the independence, when we fought in the Revolutionary War. But if you think about it, the King of England was under the, uh, under the control of a half a billion people at that time. A half a billion yeah. people. A half a billion. That wasn't even a percent that right. we had, and we had a percentage of that percent right. that fought in this war. Right. I think who when did you, we depend on? He had all of India, Africa. Oh, dude, he had Canada. Canada. He had he had I mean, he Hong had Kong. Ameri- yeah, yeah, the, Amer- and the Americas, and so yeah, ours was like, yo, you gave a percentage yesterday that was in, a crazy. The amount of, did you say it? The number of people he. Yeah, half a billion. Oh, half a billion people. Under his rule. Yeah, and we had maybe three million. Yeah, dude, India was a quarter of that population alone, right? So he had the full force of of the might. He had ships upon ships upon ships, 32,000 troops in New York waiting for General Washington. And God overcomes through that. How does that happen? Where Washington is saying, this is is providential. This is God. There's no freaking way way. that we can do this. This is the Lord, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're looking at who was the leader of that. Diane Bailey said, I heard a Baptist preacher yesterday. He said his job is only to preach Jesus, not politics. Well, then preach Jesus and it'll transform politics. If you're really preaching Jesus and stepping out in the, in, in the real world, you'll affect politics. That's right. Yeah. So, so keep preaching Jesus, man, but go do the something in your community. Exactly. Too. The standard of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. You can hide behind that and do nothing. And you know what? You'll just be another person doing nothing. That's what I've said one time in a women's Bible study when we were talking specifically about politics and, you know, how the church isn't involved in politics. And I was like, you're right. They should be involved in politics. But the reality is if the pastors were preaching the true biblical standard of Jesus, of God's um, like form of standard and law, we wouldn't need to be involved in politics. Exactly. If you were preaching against adultery, if you were preaching against homosexuality, if you were preaching the standard, obviously in love, in the love of Jesus, yeah, if it's you were preaching love. the standard, that would infl- infiltrate your people's hearts by the Holy Spirit, and it would affect politics. Dude, name. Oh, so let's just go with the, let's go with Diane's comment, right? Because I know she she fights for for liberty. She yeah. prays for that. We love Diane, but and and so we're we're talking strictly to this specific thing this pastor right in the old testament and the new testament who was the one trying to disrupt god's move it was the kings Mm -hmm. why did the king come against paul or christ Mm -hmm. why did the prophets come against the kings Mm -hmm. why were the kings trying to destroy god's people Mm -hmm. because god's people were moving there was a power greater than them crazy 
every single book in the Old Testament is the prophet going to the king. Yes. Being involved in government. Yes, because (laughs) if the nation is ungodly, what are we going to do? It's going to persecute God's kids because there's no morality anymore. I know, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like the common sense of it. How do you justify that the entire Old Testament is God's kids being involved in government? (laughs) That's right. How do you justify that? (laughs) You can't get away from it. Because even read Romans 13. For This is a new shirt we're coming out with, too. Uh, trust God, not government. This, this for us, is so important. Because when you read thir- Romans 13, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil deeds. Mm-hmm. But if the government turns against the good people and they promote the evil, isn't it my job as a preacher to revenge all forms of disobedience when my obedience is fulfilled? Isn't that my duty? That's what I'm called to do, right? So we're not out here saying, yeah, we're going to go march on Washington with our guns. No, no. We're going to do everything God has told us to do as a ministry, not only to inform people, but to get involved anywhere we can locally uh, with our school boards and all these other things, because that is our job. Guess what? I promise you this. It's not the American people calling for these agendas. Mm -hmm. Strategically, wicked people have been placed in these positions in business. I'm talking about all these businesses when they came out for Pride Month. Name one business right right now that came out for Pride Month that have American flags on their on their Facebook pages. But they had rainbow flags on them. Yeah. So there's agendas driven because people place themselves in city councils, Mm -hmm. as mayors, Mm -hmm. as state representatives, rhinos, if you want to call them that, right? Because the Republicans and Democrats, to be honest with you guys, I I know you probably hate me for this. To me, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. There's very few Republicans that I trust that I say, man, those guys are really standing because the the agendas have been increasing and increasing and increasing, even under a Republican controlled Congress and Senate and presidency. So there's no difference to me. That's why we can't trust man. We have to trust God. So when we're talking about the clergy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the clergy. I want to talk about uh, John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg. We're going we're gonna to skip Mayhew. We're going to skip the dude with the clerical. We're going to go to the other guy. You know what I'm talking about? There you go. See this dude right here, John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg? This guy was amazing. Uh, John Muhlenberg was probably um, the one that I love talking about, I think, the most uh, as, as far as what he had done for, for our nation. Um, incredibly, though, his brother was against him. Frederick Muhlenberg was against his brother getting involved. If you look at that picture right there, he's wearing, uh, uh, he became, a, a, I think it was a two or three-star general, um, but he was a Lutheran minister. He was actually a, a part of the um, Anglican movement. And so he started preaching a sermon. If you go to the next slide, um, he started preaching a sermon out of Ecclesiastes. He said that to, to everything, there's a season and to every, uh, and, to, and, to, and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time of war, and a time of peace. Listen to what his next line is. He said, it is a time for war, and not only in New England. War has come to Virginia. The British have marched in our own city of Williamsburg, seizing our supply of gunpowder and munitions. Mm-hmm. Soldiers are entering private homes, homes just like ours. It's time for war. Mm-hmm. We are only farmers, you may say. Patrick Kenyon has rallied 5,000 men, farmers just like you, to fight back and drive the British out. It's time to act. Many of us came from this, uh, to this country to practice our religious freedoms. He said, it is time to fight for those freedoms that we hold so dear. It is time for war. Let us pray. I'm a clergyman, it is true, but I'm also a patriot. And my liberty is as dear to me as any man. Shall I hide behind my robes, sitting still at home, while others spill their blood to protect my freedom? Heaven forbid it. And I'm called by my country to its defense. The cause is just and noble, and I'm convinced it is my duty to obey that call, a duty I owe to my God and to my country. 
The Bible tells us that there's a time for all things and there's a time to preach and a time to pray, but the time for me to preach has passed and there's a time to fight and that time has come. Now is the time to fight. Call for the recruits, sound the drums. You know what happened after that? 300 men joined him and he ended up becoming a two-star general. This man fought. So his brother Frederick is also a pastor. He's a Lutheran pastor in New York. He stood against him and said, he goes, I can't serve two masters, John. He said, you shouldn't be getting involved in politics. He said, fine, don't. I'll do it. Frederick goes away. The war comes to New York. Guess what happens to Frederick's church? It's burning before his eyes. You know what he said? Now it is time for me to get involved. I was literally thinking to myself as you're reading that, what is it going to take sometimes at this point in the stage, in the stage of the game for to get pastors involved or to get, you know, Christians involved. And I don't want to cap on the church because that's never been our heart. No, never cap on pastors because I don't know how many churches and pastors that we've, that you've preached in front of that never knew. They just, I mean, they didn't study and like Todd. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The church that we're at. Yeah. I mean, a lot, of people don't, know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but like when we came to the church that we're at, not that they were against getting polit- involved politically, but it's just not something they did. And so that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of times they just don't know, but what is it going to take for them to be like, no, wait Dude, a second, hold you know, up. Yeah, exactly. So when you look back at these two right here, their father was named Henry. Mm-hmm. So John goes off to war and his brother's church burns down and he stands and he says, I must now do something. And these two were the ones responsible for helping sign the first 10 amendments of the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. Two pastors. Do you think that they wrote and helped write those 10 amendments to bar them from government affairs? That's right. Yeah. Like they would write against their own ability to preach. We're getting rid of history Mm -hmm. to shut people up. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Listen closely. I know this will offend you, but I'm not trying to. I want you to get this in your head so you can share this with people, right? We're not failing or being destroyed because we lack Trump or money. Us. We lack knowledge. And power. Dude, the moment I found this stuff out, it only empowered, didn't it? Yeah. It emblazoned me to preach. Mm-hmm. I got to preach, man. Yeah. And maybe it's because we believe God. I do. I just, I know he can do it. I, I get scared thinking about it because it's like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for him to move? Because look what it took for them. It got worse before it got better. Mm-hmm. And for us, it may have to get worse before it gets better, but God will come through. And that's the hope for me is if he did it once, he can do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is why. So then what do we do with our kids? Yeah. What do we do with our kids? What do you do with our because kids? Because it wasn't a Thomas Paine. I use this quote a lot. He said, if there's trouble, let it be in my day so that my child may, may have peace. And he said, let this be the calling that prompts you. Yeah. Let this alone be the calling that prompts you. So how do we teach our kids? We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, we were talking about that because, I mean, I don't know how many times we've had people come to our table and say, um, how do I teach my kids this? Or grandparents say, how do I combat what my kids are being taught in public school? How do I combat that? And I think sometimes it really is a lot simpler than we make it. And what I mean is I don't think when you have when we have kids, we don't sit our kids down and do a 12 week constitution course, although I think our oldest could do it. But we don't sit down and a lot of times read the writings and John Adams writings to our kids. It's literally that they're there with us every single day. And what I mean by that is, so we've had 
we've had conversations in the car. We've had conversations in our boys' bedroom. In fact, we were going to bring this up is that the reality of when we grew up, what was people were worried about our influence was our friends and our school and what we were learning at school and what public school is teaching us. Now, there are so many more opportunities for influence over our kids, like all the time, whether it's games, streaming, YouTube, whatever. And we were setting up something for you were setting up something for Isaiah, our oldest, to play some video game. And it asked if he was male, female, Female or or non-binary. And um, (laughs) I was like, I mean, I just couldn't. But with that being said, it did. It sparked a conversation right then and there. And the reality is, is we need to not be afraid to talk to our kids about deep, hard issues because they are already in it and inundated with those issues. And I had somebody one time recently say to me, I just don't know if my kids will understand that. I just don't know if their their level is that understanding. And I get what she's saying because they're kind of younger kids, but we've had hard conversations when our kids were young and they understood it because nobody else is going to teach them except us. Or or Satan will. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like he's not stopping. This This agenda, these things, they're not stopping. Yeah. Right. And they're not stopping because you're like, stop it. You know what I mean? Or we're trying to keep our kids away from these conversations. The reason it's gotten so far is because we've lost a standard, right? And it's okay. Right. It's okay. I mean, look, you're right. We we don't ever cap on the church. My job is to inspire. Yeah. I'm praying that when we go out and preach, when I'm preaching at church, you know, pastoring, I'm so honored to pastor. It's so Mm -hmm. cool to me because people uh, get fed. I get fed from them and, and all those things. But if we're not out to inspire, and dude, Whitfield was right. Whitfield was right. The only reason congregations are dead is because dead men preach to them. Right. And if you're not inspired through faith, then what are you leading people to? What are you leading your kids to? What are you leading your kids to? So like if Christ, if the God of heaven who created all these things Mm -hmm. is just going to drop us at the end because, hey, he's coming back. Right. Can you show me? I'm sorry, but that's not what the faith that I want to leave for my kids. Thank you. Thank you. What? What? Okay. Go with that. Right. Yeah, I don't want to leave the faith to my kids that say, well, you're going to lose your rights because all I can preach is Jesus. I mean, I know that's harsh, but I'm sorry. I, I just don't want to leave that kind of faith for my kids. I don't want to leave that legacy of bondage and tyranny for my kids because all I could preach was Jesus. Which Jesus came to up right. and transform. He exactly. Was, he was the one. Dude, he, the government sits on whose shoulders? Yeah. His. 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 Right? right? So... If we're preaching the full counsel of God, mm-hmm. if we're preaching the full counsel of God, you will be, you will be involved. How come Christ can be involved in business and not government? Yeah. Why can Christ be involved in our families and not in government? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you trying to undo in two hour Sunday schools what they're teaching them 40 hours a week in school? Right. That's why I'm I'm talking about like our parents need to be empowered to intentionally teach about liberty in to their kids. Because we literally have to combat everything that they're learning. And our kids don't even go to a public school. But I still feel like I need to combat constantly what they're being fed, what they're seeing. We talked about this when we, we grew up in the 90s. We were born, both born in 81. Our worries during, the, during our childhood was like, how do we going to buy bubble gum? And you know, how many hours of Nintendo can we play? And now they're, I mean. I wanted I a mongoose bike. <laughs> and we couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford a mongoose. You guys remember the mongooses? Comment below if you can remember the mongoose bikes. Those were hot. But the reality is, is most kids now that have 
probably hit second grade, have already had political conversations at some point in 2020 of how we have to wear masks, of how we have to, we can't go to school because of this. And it's all political. And so they're being inundated with even a political ideology at a young age. And so that's what I'm saying. Like we have to be responsible and intentional in um, combating what they're learning. And so some of the things that we've done, and we're not perfect. I mean, I'll just, full disclosure, my kids have spent a couple days on <laughs> um, video games this summer Veg- vegging out <laughs> vegging out so like we're not perfect but we have been intentional like we bring them to arlington and we talk about the sacrifice we actually our youngest son aaron vaughn is named after a navy seal aaron aaron vaughn um who was killed in afghanistan in 2011 and so we go to visit his every time we're in arlington we go to visit his um his gravestone there in arlington and then we pick a specific we don't we just go around and we pick one and we learn about that one that we picked. And one yeah. guy we picked died um, in like 1942 and the last time we were there. And so we were like intentional about teaching them. And we've had conversations about homosexuality. We had conversations about the tent movement when they were in Wall Street. What was that called? The and Occupy Wall yeah, Street. Yeah, Occup- Occupy Wall Street. We had, I mean, they were like, Aaron was four and we are having conversations Legit about conversations, that. conversations, yeah. We've also been having conversations just straight about Scripture. You know, when I when we yeah. think about Scripture, you know, our, our oldest son just got baptized on his own volition, which is great. I just think it was, he knew exactly what he was doing. And, you know, our middle child, I mean, this is how involved I get with him. When I'm out there mowing the grass and he's helping mow the grass, I he always says, Dad, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, bro, if you want to do something in this world, you figure it out. You figure out the fastest yeah. and best way to do it. So all of a sudden now he's just doing it on his own. He just vacuums cars for a living, this kid. You know, he just wants to go do it. He knows how to do it. Just got to kick that laziness out of him because yeah. he's 10, you know, right. but like he knows how to, you just get involved in your kid's life. You teach them. Which actually sparked a conversation <clears throat> about um, what, how, capitalism in America that we're, a cap, we're based on a capitalist system. Um, oh, yeah. When he started working for himself and owning his, you know, quote unquote, owning his business at 10, doing vacuuming cars. Yep. Ta- so teaching him how to save, teaching yeah. him how to tie, teaching him all those basic things that we have to teach our kids, right? They're not going to learn it. Oh, they'll learn it on their own. They'll learn how to be selfish, mm-hmm. right? And our job is to teach them not to be, mm-hmm. right? And listen, how much do we have to, ooh, I mean, I, I got to be careful how I say this. If we're not willing to stand for that truth that we believe, how much do we hate people not to stand enough for it? Mm. Yeah. How much do we hate people enough not to tell them that, about the Jesus that saved you, about the Redeemer who came yeah. into this world 2,000 years ago and saved you? Like, think about it, right? Because the least thing you can do is tell people about Jesus. That's the least thing we can do yeah. in this nation. On top of that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, Brian Moriarty's watching. That dude is a powerhouse. He's everywhere, dude. He's involved in every meeting, county council, city council. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, he's probably on 100 boards, you know, but he's always so active, right? But it's like it's inspirational to us because there's like there's so much to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's others out there like the Julie McCarty's where we're going to, mm-hmm. to True Texas Project, right? Yeah. Or we have uh, who, who was just on here? Uh, there's Cinda, there's uh, Gloria Tucker, man, getting involved in the school boards out there. I mean, just, dude, there's people that are doing it. And it's like, it just takes one. Yeah. It just takes one, like a William Wilberforce yeah. or William Wallace or uh, one one John Adams who was fed up with what was happening in Boston, right? Or John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg, who's going to say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up. I'm not gonna, just going to preach anymore. I'm going to do my preaching out there, right? And throughout history, we see that it was it was God. You know, what we talked about Sunday was so real to me. 
it was the Lord and it had to be the Lord. It had to be the Lord, right? Because you can't tell me the miracles that were happening at that time weren't just by sheer chance. Yeah. Why would God protect us? Why? Yeah. What's what? Like, think about that. Why start America the way it started? Man will screw it up. We always do. Right. John Adams is one of my favorites, but even he wrote a sedition act, right. which was unconstitutional yeah, president. Right. Right away. <laughs> like, oh, no, we got to stop. And his reasons, <laughs> yeah, his reasons were good. His emotions got into play. His reasons were good, but it was unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. Jefferson called him out on it. That's right. That's a great point, because a lot of the laws that are passed that are unconstitutional, unconstitutional, the reasons are all great. What was that one story about that Jake used to talk about how they basically presented this situation where a woman or a family was in dire need and they were going to pass some bill. And oh, I don't it was know if it Crockett. Was... I think it was Davy Crockett. Okay. Yeah. So like it was, it was in Congress where they were like, you know, we need to pass a bill to help this f woman uh, because she's, or I think she lost a couple of her sons in the battle. Yeah, so she was hurting right. for money. And it I think it was Crockett or one of those guys that stood up and he said, look, it's unconstitutional right. for us to do. We can't vote on the public treasury that right. way. So he passed his hat around and yeah, collected from he them. Collected. He's like, I'll give my own money, but to do this constitutionally is, not right. Like exactly. So that's so they're the all good reasons. Great reasons. Right. That's why we pass the laws we pass now. Right. Oh, we got to stop great reasons. Dude, we got to stop bullying. So let's pass a law. Oh, that'll change somebody. Yeah, that has changed what exactly? Nothing. Nothing. Because it's right. in the heart of the man. You can't. Which is why you have to preach Jesus. Exactly. If you're going to preach Jesus, it'll change society. Listen, mm -hmm. if you're going to preach Jesus, let it change society. And the God that you preach should be able to change everything around him. That's the beauty part is Which that the, the, the disciples did exactly that. exactly why law does not change man. Ooh, come on. Law does not. The Ten like, Commandments didn't change us. Congress cannot change the heart of man. That's why passing an anti-bullying law will never stop bullying because laws do not change the heart of man. Mm -hmm. And But then they're like, let's take the Ten Commandments and the moral standard of Jesus out of the schools. But we'll pass a law. Yeah, we'll pass a law about it. I, no, I'm with you. I think, too, if you think about it, why was the law done away with in Christ? Because it wasn't the law that could save us. It was the blood of Jesus following the Spirit that would save us. You know what I mean? So this is why we preach so heavy on Jesus. Self-government, all those things. Yeah, everybody preach it, Carrie. No, 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 man. You know, I'm just the guy. You're old news. I'm all... <laughs> Stick with me, guys. <laughs> Next week, it's Carrie and uh, who, who are you going to have? Mike? No. So, guys, listen. You, you know why we do this? We wanted to keep it uh, as short as possible because liberty is liberty, and, and, and we, we love talking about it. And, again, the messages are timeless. And the reason they're timeless is because all I'm doing is repeating what they said. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Every time, isn't it amazing when you repeat just what they said 240 years ago, the response you get? Mm. Yeah. That people are hungry for this. Right. Which proves there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new, right? It's right. like when you're preaching the miracles of God and you're hearing the people yeah. like, man, that's faith. That's power. Yeah. When you hear stories of Smith Wigglesworth and George Stormont, these guys that were saying it was common for 18 people to come in in wheelchairs and 18 people walk out of right. church. Right. Right. Or seeing eyeballs come back in their sockets. I mean, they were real stories raising mm -hmm. people from the dead. I mean, this was this is yeah. real Christianity. This is real Christianity. So you hear stuff like this, four bullet holes going through Washington's coat, two horses shot out from under him, those kind of things. You're like, man, we need that Jesus. We need that God to, to demonstrate himself because guys, look, lost elections, all these other things, it has to be the Lord. Yeah. It has to be. Right. No, I mean, there is no other way around it. I 
don't read lips well. So, so <laughs> if I keep, so Mike and I have this thing. Uh, we can kind so of. If everyone's watching, just so you know, fun fact about me, I suck at reading lips. <laughs> so we do this thing where I mouth something to Mike and he's like, okay, okay. So like, because he's on the camera, so he'll look at me and he'll go right into something. So uh, here, ladies and gentlemen, there, there, and, and Carrie will talk about it better than I will. But listen, our, our, our podcasts, our ministry has, has grown and we brought Mike on. Carrie Franklin, mm-hmm. Richards, uh, producing. Uh, we have Kristen, you and I, mm-hmm. right? With that growth comes needs, you know, mm-hmm. and we need help. And, uh, you know, yesterday we, we we did our church and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, the, the support is overwhelming, but we need help, man. We, we need help. And 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 uh, we got some cool things coming up, like matching grants and stuff people are pouring into. So if you want to mm-hmm. donate, but, you know, Carrie's better at it than I am. I never, I don't even remember to talk about it because I don't ever do it. Uh, but you, she usually comes up and she's probably the best to give the heart about it. Uh, but, you know, we could use your help. We're, we're, we're the next two months. <laughs> we're gone seven of the weekends. Pray for us. Seven weekends yeah. of those months. And one of those is two weeks mm-hmm. preaching. Back back, yeah. And it's it's nonstop. So, yeah, we leave on Thursday for Texas and then we're in uh, Ohio, California. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like Massey said, our biggest need is help. And we have a matching grant, which we'll be sending out more information about that. Um, But I always point people to this. Our biggest need is always our monthly support base. To build our monthly support base, um, it literally is the way that we travel and minister. And I, when I talk about this, I try to bring a balance to it because a lot of people don't understand. We do a lot of youth events. And when you think in terms of youth and preaching the gospel and conservative values, the youth are the most underfunded demographic in that outreach. When we talk about conservative values or constitutional information, constitution, there, <laughs> constitution, there is literally almost no funding half the time. And so a lot of times we'll just go to a school for nothing because our heart when we started was to give kids what no one ever told us. I know that sounds so cliche, but when we graduated in 99, it was literally at that point. I mean, we grew up in the nineties and when we graduated in 99, it was literally at that point where it became acceptable to teach kids to hate America. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It became the norm and celebrated from then on to teach kids to hate our founders and our found, you know, our foundation. And so when we actually in our early twenties watched a, DVD by David Barton called America's Godly Heritage. We were like, wait a second, what? (laughs) Hold the phone. I mean, our founders were Christian, what? And so it was literally, we started with the intent to give kids what no no one ever told us. So with all that being said, the way that we do this really, and the way that we go out there and fund all of this is through our monthly support base. So people can sign up anywhere from... You can kind of people see people can sign up anywhere from you know twenty five, fifty, hundred, whatever, a thousand, whatever people want to give, and it really just funds us to keep going. Yeah, we're we're doing a big push here because if we can fully fund it by monthly support, which we're pretty close, um, you know, we we only need fifty more supporters to donate monthly in a certain mm-hmm. amount, and we'll we'll pretty much be funded yeah. through just that alone. Then right. everything else can go to. We're going to, to bigger these, outreaches. Yeah, man. Yeah. And and so we can even keep doing our conferences, mm-hmm. print materials. We love giving materials away if we need to for right. free to families that need it. Right. Uh, but that comes with money. You know, it comes with and, and we, we're not ashamed yeah. to ask. You know, we used to do that uh, for a living. Actually, we were both fundraisers in yeah. another ministry and we hated it. We, we were burnt out. I mean, I just I mean, it's still not my favorite thing to do. Ask for money. But the, I mean, somebody said it. Uh, 
it literally makes the world go round. And I, I need it out, outside of God, obviously that's, I mean, it does. And every little thing costs money and that's where we're at with it. So <clears throat> you yeah, can either um, call us on our, from our website, our numbers there, or you can go on our website and sign up, um, donate, and then click on the monthly and sign up. He's got some stuff posted there. Yeah. So you can go on our website. You can reach out to me personally on Facebook or our uh, ministry page, Facebook, and uh, we'll get you connected and signed up. Yeah. We'd love your support, but also too, um, we're going to start this back up here really soon. Um, We used to do this and we, we didn't stop it because we wanted to, we just stopped it because it just wasn't the right timing, but our our monthly days of prayer and fasting, Mm -hmm. we loved that. There was something, there was something very powerful. We would get on there for 20, 30 minutes and pray with the people yeah. uh, at a certain time. And it would be amazing. And, and the responses we were getting and the, and the fruit that was showing, we want to do that again, because we love praying for our partners. We love praying for the ministry and we need you as intercessors. We really mm-hmm. need you guys to pray because I mean, we're kind of attacking things, yeah. you know, that are, that are demonic and we, mm-hmm. we need your prayers, especially yeah. for our kids. I will you know? say the last two, three times we've been out, we've hit a level of an attack that we have never experienced before. Never. So never, we do covet your prayers. I, we never glorify the enemy. And because I don't believe there's a devil behind every doorknob, but there is a very real warfare in what we're doing. So we do, like you said, covet your prayers. Yeah. The last three for Texas. You remember the, the, just the physical side of getting attacked has been right. (laughs) Story after story, man. But like we were getting attacked heavy Mm -hmm. uh, and and almost to the point of like, why? Why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Really scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but we need your prayers. We covet that. And uh, so, guys, we honor, we bless you. We thank you um, for tuning in this week. Again, catch us next week on Sunday. I think Mike will do it. I may chime in. I'll be in Texas at that time. So I may chime in, uh, chime in with him. Uh, But guys, we we love and support. uh, We love your support. We love you guys. Uh, uh, so much that, that pray for us and support. Also share this video with your friends, share it to share it, to share it because guys, listen, I, we love liberals, man. We love people that are on the leftist agenda because we want to see them converted to Jesus. That's what the whole goal is. So even if you have friends that'll hate it, guys, they can't debate this. They can go look this up themselves. They don't need, I'm not going to talk to them about what Shapiro said yesterday or what CNN said. I don't care. That's none of my business. My business now is to get it back to the way it should be which is the law, the constitution, mm-hmm. restraining federal government so that you could be free and self-governed. Right. Right. So we love you guys. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us, babe. Yeah. You did awesome. Thanks. Everybody give a round of applause. Comment. Good job, Carrie. Good job, Carrie. Carrie did amazing. <laughs> that was for Mariah. <laughs> I don't know. She's still watching. Thank Good you. Job, love Carrie. you guys. Yeah, love Bye. you guys. See you next week.